Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Each month, over 80,000 people download podcasts produced from the fevered mind of Rayfield Brown. They cover a gamut of topics like maps, politics, American presidents, history, the archers, Formula One, Jamaican culture, and Englishness. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in Royfield Brown to discover a new favorite podcast today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty Dum is from Stephen Bowden. Thank you, Stephen. A really Christmassy one to get us into the mood. And we are sponsored this week by Joanne Smith, who 
did her sponsorship via PayPal. This is Dumdy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm Royful Brown, who is neither logging or dogging today. How do you know that I haven't dogged today, well, Madame Berto? Well, I just wrote the script in the freezing cold ice and I just assumed in California you wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare dog. I tell you what, dogging, dogging is not a thing in America. But anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, I'm yeah, joined <laughs> Dogging is a uniquely British pastime, or at least the it being called thus. I've had a couple of conversations, don't ask me why, where I've mentioned dogging and Americans, you know, say, but you don't have a dog. I'm like, no, 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 dogging. And then, but like, you don't have it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, I'm don't joined go there. By... <laughs> today, Who are you joined, joined by, by today? <laughs> the mud splattered quad rider. Here is Jacqueline Berto in San Gwen in Brittany, France. Now, on this episode, we'll hear from Witherspoon, Glyn Fullerlove, Shifty Davy, Globetrotting Richard, and Buggy Squires. Plus, we have Tweet of the Week from our Purple Pumpkin and the social media roundup from... Who's in our social media roundup, Madame Berto? Oops, that might be me by default, so don't expend anything as good as normal. My bar is low. My bar is low. <laughs> uh, Thank goodness for that. Don't forget, folks, that we have stuff on YouTube. So if you like YouTube, if you like seeing the actors who play the characters in The Archers, go over to YouTube, type in Dumpty Dum, and you will see ooh, loads of interviews which we've done over the last two years. Now, news on our event. We're going to have uh, the good Dr. Cara from the Academic Archers. He's going to be joining us on our Christmas show, which will un- we'll furnish you with more information on our wonderful joint Dumpty Dum and Academic Archers mashup, which will be happening at the weekend, Friday the 21st to Saturday 22nd, Sunday 23rd. Now, don't get me wrong, folks, you're not obliged. Of April. Of April. All crumbs, yes, of April. Thank you, Madame Berto. <laughs> That's quite an important detail. <laughs> just a Don't little, just not... a little, smidgy, smidgy little one. Yeah, that's pretty important. Good job one of us, you know, has got an eye for detail, like months. So, don't get me wrong. You're not obliged to turn up for all three days. If you can, that'd be most awesome. We're going to sort out accommodation. If you can only, you know, make it for a day. You know, we'll furnish you with all the details next week, but it's going to be awesome. Now, you've got no excuse not to book your international flights, not to be able to tell your loved one that stuff it, you're doing something with your dum-de-dum and archers pals in April. We've got loads of time and it's going to be a lot of fun. And Cara will be coming on to the show next week where we will talk about that and wish everybody Merry Christmas. And of course, as well as all of the stuff which I've told you before, we will be welcoming new members to our Facebook group to dum de dum Yes, but first, let's have a look at Ambridge, this week in Ambridge, from Sui, Queen or Tart. Hello, lovely people. It's Sui, Queen or Tart on the Twitters, and another week in Ambridge. Well, the Grundies have not come out well this week. I know that will shock you all. It's any week where they come out well. To be a bit more specific, George went to see the object of his crush, Fallon, some more singing exercises, but ended up with a session of tongue twisters and gurning with Harrison. Deciding that this was not for him, he left after promising to look out for wrongdoing in the village, 
considering most of the things that have been done wrong have been either George or his family, I think there may be a conflict of interest somewhat. Talking of wrongans, his parents went out for some legal logging at the rewilding and some dogging as well. Does dogging count if you're not in a car? Inquiring minds need to know. Martin Gibson also came off the worst at the Barrow Christmas party. Jazza won the best jumper, at least according to Neil, before getting Martin plastered and discovering his secret of having been on blind date with a very dodgy haircut in the 1980s, where he met the current Mrs Gibson with some truly appalling chat-up lines involving thigh-high boots and assessing her assets. Oh dear, I remember now why I didn't watch it. The following day, day, the following day, Neil used this as leverage to get Jazza back into full-time employment in the new year and to stop Martin ordering cut-rate feed, etc. for the unit without discussing it with Neil and Hannah. A win, I feel, for everyone except Martin. Jazza's full-time employment should take some pressure off Tracy, who kissed and made up with Ruth, agreeing that the most important thing that most families can do is support their kids. With the prospect of a full-time job in the offing, Jazza plans to propose to Tracy on New Year's Eve, which, of course, as a good Scot, will be Hogney. I think that we can feel optimistically the answer will be yes, from whichever one of them gets to end up answering. It'll be a yes. Back to the logging and dogging. Rex and Kirsty astonishingly notice half their wood pass missing and set up some of the wildlife cameras to find out who it is. And now we find out the importance of the coat. As Tony and Rex see both activities taking place, and immediately conclude that the coat was Fallon's and that Ed was cheating on Emma rather than thinking about who else might have a similar coat. This is all going to end up more toof-toof-toof drama than dum-de-dum drama. (laughs) Rosie and Madison both wanted each other's parts in the nativity play as the sheep and spider respectively, and Madison mum turns out to have been Pip's best friend forever at school, although they lost touch, but are back on now for play dates. Toby who I was sure was Rex for a while, which really confused me, suggested to Pip that she might be less judgmental. I thought he could have gone all out and called her a raging hypocrite, frankly. George is sent to try out his log-selling technique on Tracy, who is viewed to be a soft touch. I just don't understand how they came to that conclusion, but Tracy did not let us down and got a load of logs to ensure Grandpa Bert doesn't go cold without handing over any dosh. Emma then gave them to her for free. And George learned a valuable lesson, or has he? Until next week, then. Have a good one, my lovelies, and a Merry Christmas. And a Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, to you, Noel. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of snoozed through the last week in Ambridge. Nothing really well, grabbed me by, by the proverbials at all. So much so, dear listener, I did say this to Madame Berto before we started, I thought I'd listen to all episodes. It's only when I looked at the BBC programme notes that I realised I'd missed two episodes. So was I unengaged last week. How so, dear I feel. You will be doing the heavy lifting on this podcast, madame. Oh, that's very unfortunate. I'm press buttons because I have nout, nout really to contribute. So anyway, uh, so let's start as we mean to go on. Over to you. Oh, I thought it was a bit of a comedy week. I thought it was quite mm. amusing. Lots mm. of things, a lots of confusion, building up to great confusions with coat gate. We all wondered a few weeks ago why there was a thing about the same coat. Well, now we know, don't we? But mm. you know, I have this question about wildlife cameras because we've got two in our garden. But mm-hmm. it has to be a very patterned coat to be noticeable because they're all black and white. 
the images mm. that come up. We've oh, we've only got grey cats or grey foxes or grey mice in our garden. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the colours of the coats. It must be a pattern. Anyway, it's all very silly. We said last week the coat was story was silly. The idea that mm. spicing up your marriage by going nicking wood by a, a local councillor is very silly. So right. hey ho. So. But, but they did it alfresco, didn't they? This week. Yeah, they did. Mm. They did. So that must have spiced everything up. But why? Why? That's, Surely there are other things to do. <laughs> strikes me as more Gallic than British. Really? Don't know. No. I've never met a Gal- Gallic person who would do that. Really? Met a few British ones that would. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking so you from personal experience. Of course. Oh, all right. I love your candour. <laughs> um, you're embarrassed now, Royfield. Me? Oh gosh, no! Oh no! Listen, I know you're a woman of passions. <laughs> I am indeed. We had some rumpy pumpy on the archers this week. We had Martin Gibson drunk. We had blind date. Silla that Black was funny. Reincarnated. That was um, very funny. Was it? Oh, I thought it was very silly. Funny in a, in a silly kind of way. Slapstick. Slapstick. Mm. I'll tell you what I did like this week, the re-emergence of Toby. I actually thought, and I think I'm like 90% certain I said this, that when he went, that would it'd be great if he did come back occasionally because to show that even though he doesn't physically live with Rosie, Mm. he's still co-parenting. Yeah. I'm 90% certain I said that. You did, yeah. And they I, I did think you that. Did. And they did that. Mm. So I'm giving them a big thumbs up. Yeah. Other than I, that. I, I agree. It was good Good that he was back, but what a bitch, Pippis. Oh. <laughs> oh. Do you know, okay. she right. is okay. such what? a horrible woman. Horrible. Horrible. Isn't yeah, horrible, horrible. a little harsh? Horrible. No, no, it's not harsh enough, in my opinion. Okay. Right, you tell me why why she's beyond the pale, or what she did, which was beyond the pale this week. Judgmental. She set off to be judgmental. She started off judging people. It's all about Rosie, and her part was taken by Madison. But, no, they're all the parts in the in the nativity were up for all the children. Surely it's not about her part, the bloody sheep. And then it turns out, oh, it comes to talk. Oh, no, but I mean, but also, I also tell you what else I didn't like. She accused mm. Ben of shirking mm. work to her, to her parents. She said he should have got, maybe it's one of the episodes you didn't listen to, but she said he should have been, he should have been out there helping them, you know. What a harsh woman I mean, she is. The one, the one that I listened to, Ben was there helping set up stuff in the barn and was nicking mince pies. And it was David saying he should have, should have had bed rest. Yeah, it's true. But David was trying to put, put him back into bed and put him back into cotton wool. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. No, there was a point when she was moaning about the fact that he wasn't really able to, you wasn't pulling his weight. don't like her. It's a whatever gives you that idea. <laughs> vendetta that you've got against her. Dreadful, I think dreadful. you'll find, Royfield Brown, that it's mm. not just me. 
All right. Anyway, as I said, I'm sleepwalking through this episode because I have contributed everything that I remember from the last week in Ambridge. I've got That's now. That's it. You're over and done with now. <laughs> done. Spent. Finito. Caput. Flipping heck. This will uh, be a short one then. <laughs> it really will be short. All right. Here, here, here I go. Button pressing. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Right, first off, we go to Richard, who does more globe trotting than even me. Hello, Richard here in San Francisco in transit. I got told off in the noisy background when I was in transit in Paris a few a couple of months ago, so apologies if it's too noisy here. I'm a businessman these days, you say entrepreneur, but I'm still a fashion businessman. Um, I thought. I was wrong about George. I thought George might be doing something crafty, trying to target Fallon to get to a copper. The last couple of days ago, the episode proved that wrong. I was wrong about David always being repellent. I felt quite sorry for him. He was quite human, although still displaying Liz Trust levels of lack of self-awareness and also Liz Trust-like self-flagellation and beating himself up for all the mistakes they've been making. And for goodness sake, he should be more positive. It's still odd that Ruth comes out as a normal human character these days. I also am very concerned about the catering event business and health and safety, food handling. They can barely manage the farm. And I think a working farm does not, in this event business, make, just doesn't stack up. The thing I want to disagree with or I thought about is that it's entirely credible in my experience in a business society for a field could be totally uncreditworthy and not be able to borrow a single extra penny. I've been in this situation many times. Just because you're big doesn't mean you can go to the bank for extra money. It's obviously it's nonsense that they'd sign an agreement with Vince saying they have to pay back on call. But it's entirely credible that a large business can't borrow an extra penny. It happens, sadly, quite often. And... Thank you for that, Richard. And uh, Richard, when I first listened to your call and you said you're in San Francisco, I I, I yelped with excitement. I was already had my jacket on uh, and my flat cap coming coming to meet you, only to hear you then say in transit. So next time you're 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 in this this neck of the woods, if you have a long enough layover, you never know. We might be able to have a, a cup of tea together, sir. Now, when it comes down to financing, refinancing, getting extra financing for businesses, I can't say boo to your goose. You are a businessman par, par excellence. However, what I would say is this, though, Richard, is that they would at least go down that option first. That to say that the first option and was the only option was to sell a parcel of land, I think it's not very believable. No. Considering they're farmers and farmers really do see themselves as custodians of the business to pass on to another generation. So selling land for a farmer generally is always the last thing that you do. You look at all other options first. And whilst, yes, the business potentially could be leveraged up to its eyeballs and can't get another penny in terms of loans, I would have said almost not likely to be Brookfield, which seems to be A, sensibly run, then B, has a whole load of land, which you could actually, you could mortgage a cottage or mortgage some some level of, you know, an aspect of that business. But anyway, 
And that's not to say that profitable businesses can always get loans. There you go. Over to you, Madam Berto. I'm going to kick my feet up and be entertained for the next three minutes. Blimey. <laughs> so I agree with Richard completely about David. I thought David mm-hmm. was struggling big time with his emotions, it's the emotions of Ben and Ruth as well. David was indeed showing a complete really normal lack of self-awareness really and it's all about them questioning their parenting and where they were and what what they missed at the time well and the self-flagellation as well but one of the things that did happen this week was Tracy and Ruth having a conversation which actually Richard didn't mention in his com- in his call but I thought that was a brilliantly empathetic empathetic conversation between two mums from the same storyline and you don't hear many conversations between Ruth and other women that come across she comes across hear a lot of Ruth with David with Jill in the past occasionally with Stella in recent months her with her children but not a lot with anybody else Mm. since her mum died yeah no that that's utterly true (laughs) you are completely right Madame Berto the only female friend that Ruth has ever seemed to have ever since she'd been in Ambridge is Usha. Yeah, and we don't ever hear them together these days, do we? Not at all. Well, Usha just seems to have disappeared, full stop, really. Yeah, we had a bit of her, was it last Christmas when they locked themselves? Oh, you were probably in a non-listening mode last Christmas. Mm. I think... They pretended that they were away or she was away so she didn't have to go to church and do all the rounds with Alan. She pretended they, everybody thought there was, their marriage was in a, uh, on the skids because she went away for Christmas. In fact, all she did was she locked herself in the vicarage and stayed in there and hid. <laughs> but she didn't even talk to Ruth then either. No, so, but Usha's definitely on the disappearing, if not silent mm, list. Mm. You know, I, just whilst we were on minor characters, you know, third tier characters, I like the character of Martin Gibson. I do. But I'd forgotten about Hannah. That's one character who's researched <laughs> me this week. Like Hannah. What's the point of Hannah? No, I don't know, because when she came in, she was kind of a needle in Neil's uh, yeah. side. Exactly. But then they've become kind of complicit, haven't they, against Martin Gibson. And it was great hearing them, the discovery of all that stupid blind date stuff and laughing but, their heads off like trains. Uh, well, I, you know what? And you and I severely disagree about all of that blind date stuff, because I didn't think it was funny at all. However, Hannah, why is she even a character on the show? We know the reason why she came in. You're completely right. Mm. She provided needle for for Neil. You know, he thought his job was going to be in jeopardy, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But there are too many characters that don't really do much on this show. And I know it's something which I've said a couple of times before, and I remember speaking, this was years ago when I spoke to Kerry Davis about this. And he reckons there were just short of 100 characters who were supposed to be active. Mm. That's way too many. Considering, I reckon, Hannah, this could well be, bearing in mind I've taken a big hiatus, between January and May 
I literally was not listening. So, but I'm guessing Hannah has not been on all year. And if she has, there you go. And if, you know, and if she has, it's going to be maybe once or twice in January, February. Mm. Like, I think. What is the point of her? Hmm. Exactly. But it's not just her. And that's not to knock the actor at all. She's, you know, stellar. Right, I'm not saying, or oh, whenever she gets on mic, you just think, oh dear, you know, whatever. No, 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 no. But there's just too many characters in this thing. I think you could get rid of a third and we would not notice. Well, I think that they've been introducing more characters very slowly over the last year because so many of the important characters are ageing. And so they've got to, you've got to kind of create people around them to carry on the story, to kind of draw up the story behind the scenes to become main characters in the future. That's that's fair. But if we look at, let's say, Rex and Toby. Yeah. They were brought in with some level of fanfare. Yeah. And that they're fair brothers. And the surname Fair Brother meant nothing to me because when I came in in the 80s, the Fair Brothers are just about, the Fair Brother family just about kind of exited. Right. Mm. So brought in big fanfare. We're going back to our Ambridge roots with the traditional family, at least the surname, back in the village. And what did Toby actually do other than get Pip pregnant? Well, there What's was a lot of... Rex doing? Yeah, well, Rex is a, a curious character, isn't he? Because he's a bit of a non-character. And in fact, when Pip arrived and somebody said, oh, I've saved you the seat, for quite a few moments, I thought, oh, Rex is gone, has gone to Rose's... The good mm. uncle's gone to Rose's nativity play. Nativity play, Spider yeah. play. But... <laughs> But Rex is an all-rounded character in that he's been, he's had a relationship with the vet that left, Anisha, mm-hmm. and then he's been involved with pigs. He's been, it was, they were both involved, weren't they, with their other... But nothing Rex has done has ever been pivotal, has it, is my point. He's never no, a pivotal there are lots character. There are lots of characters that aren't pivotal. Yeah, but and that's my whole point. That's my whole point, that there's these... A lot of third tier characters floating around, and I actually like Rex. Mm, okay, me too. I I have more emotional investment in Rex than I do with Hannah, for what it's worth. Yeah, okay? I Rex, I agree with you there. Rex is a nice guy. We do have the whole. He's basically at least we did have. He's really in love with Pip. Okay. Yeah, but. When you think that really this show is the Brookers lot, home farm, bridge farm, Mm. and then the family that runs the bull, then there are the Snells, shall we say. There are other families who aren't part of that, the Grundies. Okay. Yeah, and there's there's the spin-offs though from Brookfield, for example, like Elizabeth and Lower Loxley. Absolutely, absolutely. Then you have Lower Loxley, right? Then you have Characters around Grey Gables. If you are not part of that lot, okay, so you've got to be Brooker's Home Farm, Bridge Farm, Lower Loxley, Work at Grey Gables, The Bull, The Grundies, I would literally question, and then The Snells. I think The Snells are the big anomaly in all of this. But then again, mm. Linda Snell used to work at Grey Gables. But if you're not part of that, 
literally, why are you there? Jazza, the character of Jazza, has worked his way into things. Mm. Tracy is adjacent to the Carters, has worked away into being a really pivotal character, which big storylines happen to. Nothing happens to the character of Hannah. Nothing really happens to the character of Rex, who I like. I just think, Cullum, get rid of the third of the characters. Ech, you're so harsh, really. It's a bit rich coming from you, who has, <laughs> you know, invective <laughs> every week for Pip. But anyway, I, I say that, good listener, to provoke Thought some level provoke. of discussion. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, Let's see what other people think. And debate. Anyway, Richard, my good friend, thank you for your call. Did he say where he was going on to? Because I can't remember. No, but it's getting close to Christmas, so maybe he's going back to Blighty. Mm, I think his home is Poland. Oh, now we're confused, aren't we? You ring us from so many lovely places. No, you're not. Okay, I'm confused, Richard. The name of the character who's married to Alan Franks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm not confused. I think Richard actually lives in Poland. Anyway, moving to Richard, you're awesome. Have a great Christmas. I wonder how they say Merry Christmas in Polish. Anyway, he'll know. Now, here's somebody who probably won't know that, but knows how to uh, set out a spreadsheet. It's Glyn Fuller, love. It's Glyn here. First, greetings of the season, whatever season you prefer, to all Dumpty Dummers. And I hope your celebrations are excellent. So in the Archers this week, the rule that no line of dialogue is ever wasted was amply demonstrated. We discovered why we had been introduced to Madison, Pip's schoolmate, when it transpired that Madison's mother was Pip's old school friend. And we also discovered the reason for the mix-up or over the coats, over Fallon and Emma's coats. But this second example is also a demonstration of why just because you can do a thing, you don't have to do a thing. This whole business about Rex thinking Emma, I'm sorry, Fallon and Ed are having an affair is just incredibly contrived. And I'm, you know, I'm of the camp that we could well do without it. The story of Ed and Emma stealing the logs and being discovered through Rex's wildlife, Rex and Kirsty's wildlife cameras is sufficient in itself. We didn't need this extra Brian Rick's farce-like twist to be added. Well, that's all for me. And so I probably won't be speaking to you again in 2022. So I shall wish all the Dumbers everywhere a safe and happy 2023. Bye. Well, thank you for the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'll take nice. that in right, right at the end. Thank you, for that Mister Fuller Love. Couldn't agree with him more. There you go. Well, I'm done. Absolutely. Could not agree with him more. <clears throat> absolutely, I agree with everything he said. Mm. And, and also, what made it even more Brian Rick's fast like, as opposed to particularly serious, is actually the two characters who di- made this discovery. It's an erroneous discovery. Tony and Rex. (laughs) It's just like, oh, please, you know, if it had, if it had been, I don't know, off the top of my head, Jennifer and Linda, it would have felt much more delicious. You'd have gone, oh, yeah, you know, but just felt a bit sleazy. Well, uh, just 
it felt a bit limp. If that's limp. even the yeah. uh, the the, yeah, the right name, <laughs> <laughs> it was a farce. It was an absolute farce. The yeah. whole thing. And in fact, I think we've got a call. Maybe we should slot in here from Buggy Squ- Squires, which All says right. something very very like. And then we'll okay. go back. To All right. Okay. All right. All right, Brian. Hello, all. It's Brian. Merry Christmas to everybody. Right. This situation with Edinburgh Coatgate saga. Very strange thing to bring out. But there we go. I think Rex will go to Harrison more to let him know what he thinks is going on with Farron. I'm sure Harrison will realise straight away. If he doesn't, he's even thicker than we think he is because he knows Emma's got the same coat. But in doing so, Rex will have reported a crime to Harrison. So Harrison will have to take that seriously and that will put a, a spanner in the works of Ed and Emma and Harrison and Fallon's friendship. So that would be interesting to see how that pans out. I think that's the only reason they could have brought this storyline up. But there we go. But really, I just want to really wish everybody a happy new Christmas and a happy new year. But I'll leave it at that. Nice to talk to you. Speak to you again. Bye. Mm. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you, Brian. A happy Christmas to you and a very happy and healthy 2023 to everybody, really. But Coatgate. <laughs> Will Will Harrison be thick enough to forget that there's a same coat story somewhere in his background in the last three days? Mm. I'm the wrong person to talk to about all of this. As I said, there were six episodes last week, only listened to four and didn't realise I'd missed two. And I'm kind of allergic to this kind of mistaken identity kind of... It is, it is a farce. It is, I just, it is a farce. I just think it's a bit rubbish. <clears throat> and uh, I, I don't know about it being a bit rubbish, Roy Phil. No, I think that's it hard, but it's a bit simplistic. It's a bit simplistic. I, we, Glynn's talked about this, and, and I've talked about it before. Again, this is, you know, from the words of Kerry Davis, which is how every storyline has two or three other things that it then serves. Yeah. And this coat, which we heard about last week, and then we now know the reason for the coat, the significance of the coat. But the whole Ed Grundy didn't need the contrivance of let's, well, Emma, sorry, didn't need the contrivance of going out logging to spice up their lives, right? Cost of living crisis, they're a bit broke. Let's go out there and go and take a few logs of wood. Not condoning it, but you can kind of understand it because we, we always know that they're hard up and they're doing multiple jobs and they're never full-time jobs, right? Then we have this nonsense about speaking to Georgie and how they're going to spice up their life by thieving. Nonsense, mm. right? Absolutely nonsense. I'm all up for a little bit of alfresco passion with your partner. Great, right? You know, but the whole, it's the coat, it's the two characters who are looking at it on on their, I presume, phones in the pub, and then it's Rex, and then what should I do? Should I tell Harrison? We just, I think we're better than this. 
Yeah, I just think we're better than looking at it from that point of view. I I agree with you, but also something that I don't like at all in the archers or in any other thing, including in real life. I don't like gossip. What I don't like is the idea that Rex and Tony will go off and tittle tattle about what they've seen, and there they are in the middle of the pub watching this wildlife Mm -hmm. camera footage. I mean. Anybody can be looking over their shoulders and it'll just start a whole chain of events which will just be rubbish and create more confusion. And also, another practical thing, Royfield Brown, who buys a coat to wear out and then goes off into the woods in the middle of the night in it? Surely you have an old anorak that you put on. To be fair, (laughs) to be fair, this could be a fancy parka. Bearing in mind, it's an expensive coat, we're led to believe, which Emma managed to get cheaper than Fallon did because she got it on sale or somewhere else. But we're led to believe it's distinctive. It could be some kind of fancy parka, which does keep you warm, right? Yeah, but keeping you warm and then you strip off from it. I don't know. I wouldn't wear a coat I'd bought this season to go out in the woods in the middle of the night. But it depends what type of coat. But... There is an an interesting, I don't know how interesting it is, but it's it's piquing my my interest as to how the deed was actually done. (laughs) You know, was the the coat ceremoniously laid on the dewy moth or were they both on their legs stood? And this is the wonderful thing about a radio drama because, you know, we we paint our own pictures. Also, we paint our own picture as to exactly the the characteristics and the appearance of this fantastic coat, which has led to this comical mistaken identity storyline. But oh, anyway, whatever. Uh, have we done? Uh, have we done? We've done three calls. All right, smashing. Yeah. All right, then we're leaving our re- resident sports therapist to last. Then it's with. Oh no, we've got Shifty Davy as well. Crumbs. Yeah. Are we but we've really, also got to do the. The next bit of the script. Oh, yeah, crumbs. Yeah, it's a good job one of us is paying attention. All right, then, (laughs) here we go. The best and the easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash dum-de-dum and don't forget the T in the middle. And you'll also find a link in the show notes. Now, exceptionally, next Saturday, we shall be recording dum-de-dum during the morning of Saturday the 24th of December to be released on the 25th. So we would like your calls in by midnight on the 23rd of December. So it's after the full week has been published, of the arch has been published. But I'm sorry if that cuts out everybody who normally calls in after the omnibus edition, but it's just too complicated with French Christmas Eve and, and English Christmas Day for us two to get together to record. So calls in by midnight next week, but we'll be back to normal after that. Mm. Now we need your help, folks. This is the People's Podcast. After all, there are a few things you can do. First off, if you haven't done so already, hit the subscribe button on whatever podcatcher that you're listening to us from. And if you have the facility to write us a five-star review, please write us a five-star review, or at least yeah, a good one. And just write us a review. Now, finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. So if you just go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, 
we would be chuffed two bits to have your support. You can also go to dumdum.com and hit the donate button like Joanne Smith. Thank you, Madam Berto, this week. And it is Christmas time. So if you wanted to send us a little present, you can go to dumdum.com, hit that little donate button, give us a little bit of a Christmas present, bring some joy around here in the Dum Dum studio. So there you go. Now, so that's that. Now, before we go back to our calls, don't forget, you can send us an email if you don't fancy hearing your voice by going on to WhatsApp, which is plus four four seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. Type in out a message. Oh, I tell you what I like to do when I'm on WhatsApp. Do voice to text. Ooh, really good for lazy bums like me. Just talking to your phone. Then it writes a, writes a text. And then you can hit, then you can actually contact us that way. Now we go back to our calls. And the next person in the long list of caller in this week is Witherspoon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Toss salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Roy, Phil, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here Wishing everyone a happy holiday season However, I didn't feel like this week in Ambridge Captured the Christmas spirit a demanding choir director, continued family estrangement, a teenager lusting after an older married woman, theft from a natural resource managed by friends, sex in the open air, and finally a case of mistaken identity, which was an excruciating way to conclude the week. We wondered what all the fuss of the identical coach was about. Now we know. I always hate in movies and TV when innocent people are accused of committing crimes they didn't do. So I very much hope that this true crime drama gets resolved before Christmas Day. Coincidentally, <clears throat> we're watching episode one of the 23rd season of Midsummer Murders tonight. 
Getting back to the lusting teenager George, I was wondering about him and specifically his father William, who is nowhere to be found. I actually miss William. To me, he's a flawed and complicated but interesting character. It doesn't seem like his strong ethical stands on things like criminal behavior and his disapproval of his own father and grandfather's actions has had any impact on George. I'm reminded of the relationship between Han Solo and his son Kylo Ren, with some Darth Vader as grandfather thrown in. George seems to have rebelled against his father's views on law and order. No time to expound on this now, but maybe William will be reintroduced in the future. Talk to you soon. Mm, Thank you, Mr. Spoon. Right, because for somebody who says I was just going to listen to you all episode, I've done a whole load of talking, as is my <laughs> way. I've been properly mansplaining the archers to you, so I'm going to shush. Please dissect Mr. Spoon's call. Well, he's talking about the lack of Christmas spirit with all the, the silly things that have been going on, the the odd storylines and the, the bad side of the archers, law-breaking, et cetera, et cetera, and William. But, and the missing William. Because I think that George needs the guidance of someone like William, like Witherspoon, because William's always been very, he's very straight, far too straight sometimes, isn't he? So, and I agree completely with Witherspoon about that, him. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Are we doing Mr. Spoon justice? Is there any, anything else we can determine from his call? No. Consistency is, is your thing, sir, unlike my performance when I host this show. More down than up. The odd occasional middling performance, but generally subpar. Whilst you, Madame Berto, always come along with your jolly jolliness and your reverie and your, and your bonhomie. And you generally save me. So I'd like to thank you for that. Right, Mr. Spoon, thank you. For, and hopefully the upper low east west side is all white and festive right here and now. Now, last caller in is Shifty Dave. Hello, Roy Field. Hello, Jacqueline. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Shifty Davey here from Fife and other places. I'm just calling in to commend Ed and Emma for their stamina and zest <laughs> for life. They appear, as if I've understood the plot correctly, they have gone dogging and logging twice in two days, which is just you know, extraordinary physical energy. If don't want to be too personal here, but I strongly suspect that if my wife and I had engaged in romantic activity outdoors in winter in a forest with all kinds of claggy bits on the ground, whilst in the midst of otherwise strenuous physical labour, the idea that we would do that the next night I mean, it's just it was just beyond the pale like we would be <laughs> i suspect we'd be knocked out for a, a fortnight a month dining out on the story for years i yes so so go, go on ed and emma we're <laughs> behind you make love really <laughs> into the depths of winter bring light it yeah. is saturnalia after all Oh. Uh, so, yes, that's all I have to say. Much love to you all. Great call, Shifted <laughs> Yes, kudos to Emma and, Emma and Ed twice, twice, twice in the dark, twice in the outdoors. Mm. Yes, well, getting a little bit of fresh air onto your nether regions will do that, won't it? You know, reinvigorate, so to speak. Oh, I don't know. The temperatures we've had here this week. 
Well, <laughs> to, to be fair, you know, the bits of them are going to be all blue, aren't they? It has been ridiculously yeah, cold. <laughs> ridiculously cold. But that's know. what I've, I think I've enjoyed about this week. It's been so many opportunities for innuendo and joking about what they've been up to. And let's face it, some of the storylines we've had recently have been a, a bit depressing. So they go from the sublime to the ridiculous sometimes. But, you know, it has made me smile looking at what other people's reaction has, has been. And, and Shifty Davies is just typical. A good laugh. No, Shifty Davies is a wonderful call, sir. Hello. Yes, very good. Thank um, you, Dave. Uh, I, I'm worried about your energy levels there at Shifty Dave. Are you and Mrs. Shifty Dave? Yeah, you sound Maybe. like a young man. So, well, but but obviously not. If that's going <laughs> to knock him out for a week, <laughs> but anyway, can we recommend? Can we recommend multivitamins? And what's that thing? There used to be something that we used to be given when we were children. Not cod liver oil, but something that used to be supposed mm. to. Boost our energies, energy in the winter, protect us. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, shift those energy levels up, sir, and see Ed and Emma as as role models, shall we say, for you and Mrs. Shifty Davy, and then report back when your energy levels are up as to how strenuous this truly was. Anyway, moving on. Now, is it time for email inners? Yeah, it is, and we've had a couple of emails or messages this week. The first mm-hmm. one is from. Beth J. Hello, I'm a relatively new listener to The Archers. 2019 Will Grundy breakdown storyline got me hooked. Me and my husband always listen to The Omnibus on Sunday mornings with breakfast and sit and ponder plot predictions over coffee. My prediction, and it's one I've had for a little while, Fallon will have an affair, most likely with George, because he's conveniently come along. But I think this has been on the cards for a little while. Ever since Harrison discovered his Christian faith, Fallon had a bit of a wobble about the two of them. Also, on top of the fact it was brought up a while while ago that she doesn't want kids and Harrison would have liked them. Fallon and Harrison seem to have put these differences behind them and seem, in inverted commas, to have suppressed these issues and are getting on quite well. So, in comes George, about to add a little interest, spice and excitement to Fallon. Something safe. Something dependable, reliable, moral compass Harrison can't give. I don't think this is something that will come on quick, but be a slow burn. George will keep subtly trying to win Fallon over, and in the end she'll give in, knowing full well it's wrong. No. Oh, so, so right. I'm sorry, no. I can't agree with you. So sorry, Beth. No. No. You could, you no. wouldn't accept that because it's Fallon, but I just didn't. I think a thirty odd year a thirty odd year old woman with a spotty teenager just turned eighteen. Mm. Nah, nah, no, I can't nah. believe it. Nah, he we haven't had... finished her message yet. Let's just oh, finish sorry. her letter because this is a really sweet thing. Can't wait for the Archers Conference Dumpty Dum Meetup. It will be my seventh wedding anniversary that weekend and I'm genuinely excited that me and my husband are spending it in Birmingham with other Archers fans. Oh, isn't that lovely, Roy Fields? That, that is lovely. That is lovely. We're, we're going to have to get him a little drink and then yeah. celebrate. The, actually, I knew it was her wedding anniversary. And that's the reason I went for that that weekend, just saying. Oh, you're so smooth. You're such a smooth man. <laughs> I'm such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well done for planning that weekend. 
Yes. No, <laughs> Next I message. One second. Can I just add, I couldn't disagree with them more. I just think that teenage boys, as teenage girls do, also have fixations on people who are older, who they yeah. think are attractive. And that's all, all it is. And there is yeah. utterly no way that Fallon will reciprocate. Not only is she committed to, to Harrison, but as you said, is a spotty teenage boy who needs to do a whole load of growing up. Yeah, anyway. exactly. He's immature. Mm. Exactly. Mm, exactly. So, no, sorry, mm. we don't agree with you, Beth. But yes. but look forward to seeing you in April in Birmingham. Indeed. So there's another message here. Oh yes, and this one's in black. Hi, Royfield. I'm really sorry. I forgot to respond via WhatsApp last week. I am female and asked my husband to marry me. We've been together for 29 years. Next year, married for 19. So it must have worked out. There you go. Oh, Maybe. there you go. So that's one look, vote for my idea. Well, no, I think there were two women out of yeah. the 15, I think now, yeah. who'd asked their, asked their partner to marry them. But yeah, as I said, you know, we are still a, a rather traditional bunch. You know, it's uh, the man who generally gets down on one knee. And it looks like my prediction, not that it was the hardest thing in the world to, to work out, is going to turn out correctly that on Hogmanay, there's going to be a, a double a wedding. Yeah proposal isn't there you know there is there is Couldn't indeed. That good one prediction a mile off but anyway <laughs> anyway now we've done email rinners or at least messages via whatsapp why don't we go and look and see what our facebook posse has been talking about on facebook so this week on our dumpty dum facebook page there have been many diverse conversations scone or sconegate continues so let's get that one over and done with toot sweet royfield and his supporters are still in the minority so there end of full stop now, Martin Hunter Craig asked for an update on Peggy since June Spence had retired. The unanimous opinion was that she'd become silent. Well, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, that's the best thing for her. <laughs> Audrey Brown made a great prediction about Tony's Christmas present from Lillian. You should read that one. Now, Pam Delay has spent a very busy week creating a poll, then another, then another. It's becoming a bit of a habit, Pam. Andrea Twelves decided to Google Martin Gibson with mixed results, which she shared with us. There was a lot of coat talk and lots of log talk, and not all of it was completely clean. Good job it's me here and not Philippa, because she would be bushed blushing. David Mullis created a fabulous thread, one of the best this year, about how we see our archers' characters. I thoroughly recommend looking at the stream, but... I also want to spare a thought for Carolyn Cooper, who has aphantasia, which is an inability to see pictures in your mind's eye, which I think sounds awful. Well, commiserations, Carolyn. Carolyn. I'm presumably not the only one out there, but it sounds absolutely terrible. This week's Snap Challenge from Witherspoon was to post Christmas photos with our special Christmas jumpers and other outfits. Quite amusing. And finally... Cara Courage from the Academic Archers shared a link onto our Dumpty Dum Facebook page about how to go about submitting a pager, a paper, sorry, for the Academic Archers stroke Dumpty Dum mashup. It was well worth a read, and please think about what we Dumpty Dum aficionados can add to the occasion. It'd be great to see a Dumpty Dumber or two presenting a paper next April. It would. It would. It would indeed. 
Hmm. So if we do, if we're talking about the Facebook group, we should probably go on to any new members. Indeed. And we have three lovely new members this week. So let's wish a very warm Dumpty Dum welcome to Sarah Parrish, Christine Hutchings and Rosemary Pratt. Right. So, Roy Phil, do we have any five star reviews this week? You'll be pleased to know we have one. Wow. Review this week. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes thus. Happy Christmas, Royfield and Jacqueline. Five stars. And thanks for all the joy you've brought me in 2022. And that's from Zed, Charlotte Zed, who's in the United Kingdom. Thank you for that, Charlotte. Oh, thank you, Charlotte. That was really nice. Like to have a good review. Mm-hmm. We're at the tail end of the show now, folks. So I think we've gone into extra time, maybe. We are near the knockings. We are on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. We always include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and a capital A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers related tweets. Also, that hashtag is your opening for the tweet along, both in the evenings and during the omnibus. Please try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so that many more people get to see it and it helps to grow our community as well as finding us on twitter at dumpty dum adam boto i'm on twitter and my name is at jberto sanguen must be time for the tweet of the week then hello royfield jacqueline and dumpty dumbers everywhere it's purple pumpkin here with a selection of tweets of the week and for the mastodon peeps there's also one toot of the week so i'll start with the toot it's from Zandel at Zandel at mastodon.social. I suppose we should just be glad Martin and Pam didn't meet on Naked Attraction. Over on Twitter, I'm still loving the Archer's advent calendar from Catherine Baird at Catherine11Baird. You have to see Jill and Pat posing in a knitting pattern picture. Another good visual thread sees an illustration that if pampas grass in the front garden is a clue to swingers, a log pile obviously indicates doggers. Touche Bob Hawkins at Salvatore Rosa. And so to the Twitter medals, with thanks as ever to those who tag at Dumpty Dum to make sure I spot the goodens. I'm going to need your help in particular next week because we'll be recording early for the Christmas edition before the omnibus has aired. In bronze position, it's some Quentin Rayner Memorial innuendo from one Rob Titchener at Titchener R. Ed says, what do you think of my wood? M says, nice, a lot neater than my bush. Ed says, brace yourself, M, timber. (laughs) Well, it made me laugh. In silver, it's KJ at Eggstones, who saves us from having all the medals being about the logging and dogging storyline. With... Does Jazza have pigs in blankets on his Christmas jumper? And in gold, it's Moira Walton, at Moira Walton, with the short but sweet summary, Logatha Christie. That's it for this week. Hope to see you all on Twitter next week. Thank you, Theo. And congratulations to everybody who was crowned a tweeter or a tutor of the week. Don't forget, folks we are also on instagram go follow us there quite simply we are at dum dum 
Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy B. Freeman. There you go. That's your dum de dum World Cup's over. Ah, oh, no. So sad. What? Strictly's over. Who actually won Strictly? Hamza. Oh, our Hamza did win. Our Hamza did win. We were voting Team Hamza, remember, Royfield, right from the beginning. Yes. Well, I said our Hamza. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> who's in the final with him? Helen Skelton, the old BBC Lupita presenter. Mm-hmm. Um, rats. It's so how focused I am on it. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other two. There are four the of them. The and in fact, on, on, the, on the day, the, vo- mm-hmm. the judges voted Hamza had the least points. But of course, he's been so popular with the public because that's what, for me, that's what Strictly was about. It was somebody that came in with no dance experience, no sports experience, no acting experience. And he just went in and danced his heart out. And he is such a fantastically positive person. And I, there's nothing that I love more about people than, than when they're positive. So that was just brilliant. I was so pleased for him. And then, of course, we've had the World Cup final, haven't we? Mm. I just I say there's one tiny thing about the World Cup final, regardless of the result, that is the best World Cup final I've ever seen in my whole life. Full stop, hands down. Right, nail biting, nail biting. It really was. It really was such an advert for the beautiful game. If you yeah. don't, if you were just like on the fence, it's like France, Argentina, football. Watch that. That'll convince you. It really was the beautiful game, as you said. It was just superb. Never, as you say, never mind who was playing. It was a shame England didn't make it, and it's a shame France lost. But hey ho! And I hope people remember it's not just Messi on the Argentinian team. Mm. It takes a whole posse of people. It does. It takes another ten. Otherwise, (laughs) you only have one man. One man for Argentina up against 11 French. That's going to be some oh, one side. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Let's go home. Uh, let's sign off. Madame Berto, it's been un- it's been wonderful. It's been emotional. It's been, I was going to say it's going to be sacrable. That'd be incredible. It, this has been incredible. And, but I need to go edit the podcast. So I'm saying. Bonsoir. I'm getting all my European languages mixed up. I was about to say adios. Then I went, no, no. It's Au revoir. Ta-da, ta-da a bit. Au revoir, Mr. Brown. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.